0: Thank you. And we are back, and guess what? It's been like two months or something. I don't know, a long time. And people are like, the only reason we're back is female cycling podcast is because people are bothering me so much on social media. Fine, we're back, Jesus God forbid we take a little bit of a break God forbid we have other things to do in our lives Other than record silly things Episode 119, I am your host uh, The almighty skull crusher uh, And accompanying me today On this special holiday edition of the podcast As always, my brother Klaus from the West Coast Klaus, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, thank you And Mike from the East Coast. Mike, how are you doing?
1: Great. Thank you.
0: All right. Nobody's better than Klaus today. That's good. I also have a third uh, guest here with me today, and it is my lovely wife, Dr. Crusher, who will – oh, my God, Dr. Crusher. I didn't think about that. Just now I realized, wow, if you got the Dr. Crusher reference, which I didn't mean at all, then you're a true nerd. But um, Dr. Crusher is here with me because we want to start the podcast chatting about something really interesting and super nerdy. Uh, Mike, are you a nerd? Yes. Klaus, are you a nerd? Mike is not a nerd. Yeah, I don't think Mike is a nerd no. either.
2: I Again, I've always said this whole nerd thing. Mike is not a nerd. If you guys saw Mike... He's a good looking, well dressed man. He's not an unemployed Wiccan with a lazy eye.
0: <laughs> the lazy eye is a must if you're a nerd, right? I don't I'm know. Just do you- saying
2: I, Listen, Mike has a beard, he doesn't have a neck beard.
0: It's December twenty third. I've seen the New Star Wars movie three times. Is that wow. nerdy? Yes. Three times what? Three times. And I'm about and but I already any- just bought tickets for the fourth time actually.
1: What could possibly be going on in that movie that you need to see it that many times? Uh, I'm going to watch porno movies that many times. i trying to figure times. out if he likes it or not.
2: I think if you've seen it like three times, I think you like it. Isn't that weird, Mike, if I'm like, man, I have gotten pizza from this place 20 times today. I'm trying to figure out if I like it.
0: <laughs> but see, I'm a nerd, and I, I, I don't want any – there will be no spoilers. I know that it's like way after the movie came out, and if you haven't watched it by now, you probably don't care about the spoilers. But anyway, uh, I'm, I'm not. we're not going to have any spoilers in it. There's plenty in the movie to see over and over and but over again. You know,
2: the the timing thing for spoilers, I still can't get it right. Because do you know that I spoiled the movie The Crying Game
0: for my wife? The Crying Game came out like, in like 1992. Like
2: years ago. I spoiled it like two years ago. <laughs> I walked in and I was like, when is it that you find out that... This is a
0: guy. Well, remember when I... um? Oh, you just spoiled it for somebody else here yeah, in the I haven't podcast. I have seen that. Thank you. I've seen oh, oh, I, I, I would also... Seen the spoiler. Well, I said that there was not going to be any Star Wars spoilers, but there is one. Uh, Darth Vader is Luke's father. <laughs> oh, really?
1: um, so I seen that
0: one. I'm sorry, dude. Okay, the funny part is that I don't think my wife has seen that one. So, anyway. All right, so... Once again, let me introduce my wife, Dr. Crusher. And, Doctor, uh, would you please uh, quickly uh, run by your credentials so that people listening know a little bit more about yourself? They know they know our credentials, Mike Klaus and myself. We're experts we on have tons none. of fields. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We have absolutely no, no credentials, but you do. So why don't you run them real quick for us?
3: I have a PhD in health services research, which has nothing to do with cycling.
0: There you go. So basically, you know as much about cycling as any of us do, as, as proven by that little uh, game that we played that other time. Like, how much do you know about cycling? So anyway, um, the reason that I have uh, my wife here is because there was a research paper. And correct me if I'm wrong here. Actually, two things that I want to say. Um, Dr. Crusher... Doctor, correct me anytime I'm wrong. Please feel no shame to do so. Or correcting Klaus or Mike, Klaus and Mike, I'm gonna give you guys a, I'm gonna give you guys like a imaginary uh, nerd bell. If doctor, the doctor says anything that is too nerdy and you don't understand, just ring the bell, and then we'll ask for. Uh, you guys will act as the as the audience. Something that you think we should go back and
2: post and fix the word nerd for something else because I still maintain that this is not nerdy. This is smarty
3: (laughs) (laughs) or something like the
2: candy. But that's like a trademarked candy name.
0: Yeah, like geeky.
2: No, but it's not. I don't know. There's a whole like like
3: conversation about nerds versus geeks and definitions and stuff. You guys should I clear guess, that up because you use nerd a lot on this show, I guess.
2: Well, I mean, I, get, I, know, I know it's shorthand for being really into something or whatever. I just, again, when I, you know, when I see, like, adults that play Magic the Gathering and stuff, I and they're...
3: Not s- that there's anything wrong with that.
2: No, there's nothing wrong with that, but stereotypically, you know, so- socially awkward and, and things like that. And then I see, like, a very attractive 23-year-old girl who just wears glasses. She's like, I'm a nerd. It's like, well, that's my kind of no. nerd.
0: Well, she may also consider herself.
1: <laughs> I, thought that's what you guys, I thought that's what you guys are talking
2: about. <laughs> Mike was like, wait, I, I like this whole nerd thing. Can we please get to that
0: part? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think that just because the girl considers herself a nerd, it doesn't necessarily mean she's a nerd. Just like if she considers herself a virgin doesn't mean that she's necessarily a virgin. You know what I mean?
3: I don't wear glasses, so I'm not a nerd. <laughs> there
2: you go.
0: And Except she is right a now, huge point, nerd.
2: These idiots are going on and about just the definition of nerd. This is going to be an eight-hour podcast. I hate this. And nobody <laughs>
0: – actually, yeah, and we haven't even said what this has to do with cycling at all. So, uh, okay, I'm going to turn it over to the doctor here. There's there's a, a research paper written by some guy uh, who knows way more about uh, nerdy stuff than any of us will ever know. And he wrote a paper, a research paper, about the curse of the rainbow jersey. So first let's 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 see. Let's learn who uh who this guy is. So uh doctor, why don't you tell us about this guy that wrote this this book and and I mean this research paper and and how this paper came to uh to your possession.
3: Okay. So the the author of this paper is Dr. Thomas Perniger and he is a PhD MD, which means he spent way too long in school, but he's very smart. Um he's very prolific in the field of research. He has over 200 articles, including... Okay,
0: somebody's <laughs> ringing the bell. What's up? I don't know what prolific means.
3: <laughs>
0: Shut up. No, that's not fair, man. Don't overuse your bell. Okay. All right. Sorry. Okay.
3: Mike, we're going to get into much bigger words, so don't, don't get in there too early. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, like, his... Famous articles are things like what's wrong with Bonferroni adjustments, which is a statistical See, That term. sounds
0: like that sounds like a like a Star Wars like a Star Wars paper. What is it? What's wrong with what?
3: Bonferroni adjustments, which Banfronians,
0: is a- <laughs> Banfronians are these weird creatures with huge trunks instead of noses that live in the plan in the planet Baphornia.
3: Yeah. And he's written about scales for measuring pressure ulcers in hospitals. So he's he's a clinical epidemiologist, meaning that he's really successful studying healthcare stuff. But he recently put out this paper oh, okay. that is called debunking the curse of the rainbow jersey and he put his clinical epidemiology methods to test whether this curse is really a curse.
0: All right, so do I, do I have both of you guys on board on this one? Nope. Yeah, although
2: I find weird that methodology from an area that studies, like, diseases, although I guess a curse is a disease.
3: <laughs> so I'll explain that, but statistics are statistics. You use the same methods, whether you're studying... Um, like hospitals or if you're studying bicycling or people studying engineering stuff, like the methods always stay the same.
0: Okay. So let's talk about the methods. What, what, so this guy, I'm sure he has to be a cycling fan of some sort, right? I mean, this guy's like super smart and he's writing papers about ulcers and scales and He's from
3: Switzerland. So he's European. So that means he probably is a cycling fan.
0: Absolutely. Every European I've ever met is a cycling fan. So there (laughs) you go.
2: What you have done there is that you have used your power of statistics to figure out that as a Swiss guy, probably a cycling fan.
3: Yes.
0: <laughs> but what I don't understand is why would a doctor that is doing all this stuff about like healthcare and research and stuff like healthcare research, all of a sudden decide to do a paper. For fun. About cycling. He talks about it in the, in the introduction, if I remember correctly.
3: Yep. Yep. Just for fun. And so the the way that I got a hold of this article, one of the – very famous professors that I work with at the University of Pittsburgh is really into cycling and he's a big cyclist himself. So he reads this journal, Clinical Epidemiology, and noticed this article and was like, oh my gosh, and sent wow. it out to all of his cycling buddies, including me. Gotcha.
0: Tell me real quick, kind of like what, what the paper is specifically about. I mean, just basically build from the, from the title.
3: Yeah, so basically, he is looking at people that have won the world championship and gotten the rainbow jersey. And then he measures for all those people. Um, He took, like, from 1965 to 2013, like, all the winners of the rainbow jersey and tallied up all of their wins throughout those seasons. And then he looked for their wins. For the year that they won, the year after they won, which would be the curse year, and then the year after that, which would be like assuming that it's back to normal. And then he compared, he made four different models to look at whether the curse year is due to um, various factors or whether it's truly a curse or whether it's just chance that they're not winning.
0: Okay, we all agree that Hogwarts is not a real place, right? So curses don't really truly exist. It's more like a psychological curse. But before we go any further, Mike and Klaus, do you guys believe that there is such a thing as the rainbow curse? As in somebody wins the the rainbow jersey, they wear it the next year, and... (laughs) Other guys are more aware of this dude, so they cover him more. His team wants to protect him more, so they don't send him easier races. Whatever it may be, do you believe that there really is such a thing as you wear the rainbow jersey, you lose or you win less races? Yes, Klaus. Ah, <sighs> oh, boy, okay. come on! It's a it's a yes, no question, man. Come on.
2: Here's the thing. <clears throat> <laughs> Based on the kind of race that the world championships are, I think it is very likely that the type of rider that wins it can have an up and a down year versus, say, a Grand Tour, which is rarer for someone to just come out and win it. Like, uh, uh, you know, it sometimes happens in the Vuelta España, but less so at the Tour de France. So... could it be a factor that the teams put more pressure on them and it, it, the person then has a negative reaction to that? No, I think, in all honesty, I think it's more than likely that it's a one-off. And I'll just kind of stop there because I think this person's research went in the direction that I would have thought of, even though I absolutely have no methodology or data to prove it. Okay, um, well, obviously- I don't want to ruin it, but there's a certain term that he uses and—
0: Okay well, there you go so we'll we 'll turn it uh, back to the doctor then
3: yeah, so he looks at four different hypotheses or like explanations why this curse might be, and the first one he calls is the spotlight effect, which means that um, during that year after they have the rainbow jersey, that people notice their difficulties more. Um so he's creating a model. So the model is y equals alpha x plus beta.
0: Where's that bell? Where's that bell? Come on, Mike. (laughs) Give me that bell.
3: (laughs) So that means y is your outcome variable. So that is how many wins. (laughs) Thank you, Mike. That
2: one's gonna break.
3: (laughs) I
0: don't have a bell myself. I I gave you guys the only two that I had.
3: So he's trying to find out if the number of wins that these people have per year is related to um, certain factors. So
0: you mean which year are you talking about specifically? The year that he wears the rainbow jersey.
3: So, yeah. Okay. So the first model that he creates is looking at whether the win of the Tour of Lombardy, which is right near the world, is any different, like if the chances of winning that tour are any different than ch- than the chances of winning the world championship?
0: Okay, so I want to say two things. Number one, the only models that uh, Mike knows about are the models that walk around uh, 7th Avenue there in the fashion district. <laughs> <laughs> and number two, um, I forgot what the number two was going to be. Oh, yeah, so this guy grabs the, the, the tour of Lombardy as um, – As a median of sorts. Like, he's like, let's look at the Tour of Lombardy because it happens around the same time as the World Championships. And we're going to compare the two of them.
3: Yeah. So he's saying that if there was this spotlight effect, meaning that people were just noticing that uh, this is the weirdest model. So I don't even really like this one. But he's saying that if if this spotlight effect thing was real that they should do the same on the the world championship as the lumber the tour of, the tour Lombardy. of Lombardy. the because, year
0: that they're wearing the, yeah, the rainbow jersey so one year to the day
3: yeah of the well that's I,
0: yeah that is kind of weird that is kind of weird because yeah. there's such different races anyway and yeah, yeah. I okay
3: The long and the short of this is there's no effect of this spotlight thing. Like, people did the same, like, they had the same odds of winning the world championship as winning the Tour of Lombardy. So there's no effect there. So that model isn't valid. Well, for uh,
0: for a thousand different reasons, too. I mean, how many people are in the Tour of Lombardy? 200? How many people are in the world championships? 250? I mean, that alone. Plus, plus. A lot of people... Are there really that many more in the world championships? Probably, yeah. I mean... I, the, the, nah, but if there's more, they're, it, they're just filler anyway.
2: They're not going to do more than five laps. What?
0: Are you going to tell me that the two guys that are there for Singapore are not going to do well?
2: No, nah, I mean, the Eritrean guy held, you know, he he held on to like two laps to go, but that's because there were so many people cheering him on.
3: Yeah. So the, the second model is the one that I think is much more interesting, and he calls it the marked man. And it means that um, he's thinking that if there's really a curse, that the year that the person has the rainbow jersey, that people are going to be more competitive, see this guy wearing the jersey, and try to, like, beat him.
0: But, I mean, I don't know that that's true, though, because remember Rui Costa? I don't know if you guys remember this because he was such a long time ago. But Rui Costa was the world champion, and I don't think anybody marked him, anybody looked at him, nobody even cared that he existed. <laughs> that's just me. But the
2: thing is... I mean I'm not I can't prove this since we're trying to speak with, in fact but we're just making this up. The kind of win that suits him usually would be going from a small group. My guess is he would try to go on breakaways before the TV cameras were even on and he was never he was never allowed to even go on breaks
0: because so he was wearing the rainbow jersey.
2: Yeah, because okay. no one's going to let a group go with a guy like him that has the rainbow jersey. So I agree. I agree. I think that's hmm. it's too visible of a jersey, especially if it speaks about a kind of rider that, you know, if it had been like an Alberto Contador that becomes uh, world a, champion. Uh, a world champion. Well, there's no marking him because, well, if you can outclimb him for 45 minutes, then good for you. You're one of the best freaking riders in history. But if it's someone that does breakaways that can, you know, go from a small group and like on an Haldor Valverde, mm-hmm. there is something you can do to combat that.
0: Okay. Well, I'm going to turn it back to the doctor, but I'm just going to drop this one for you to think about. And I don't mean you, Klaus. I mean, y'all listening. Cadell Evans.
3: So in this model, if if there, if there it was true that people were more competitive, you would expect that in year one, like the year that they're wearing the jersey, that their odds of winning would be lower than in two years after they won, like this, the year that they don't have the rainbow jersey the year after. So he's testing using statistics that year one, the odds are statistically different than year two. And it turns out they're not. So they have the same odds of winning the year that they have the jersey as the year after.
0: Okay, so what you're saying is people apparently continued to mark Rui Costa even after the jersey was not his. (laughs) So basically what we can say is Rui Costa got really lucky there for a second, wore the the rainbow jersey, and he's never going to amount to much else after that, just like uh, Alessandro Valan, for example, or so many other people
2: and there and that's exactly what i think is a large contributor to it that again this isn't a grand tour it can be a one-off which is kind of in the direction that i think you know this goes but versus like can you climb a ton for like days and days and days and recover that's harder of a fluke
0: hmm. mike are you following us mm-hmm Okay, good.
1: I hear him snoring. He's there. Can I I just clarify that I don't think it's a curse. I think it's a hex. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
0: Absolutely right. (laughs) I'll make a note of that.
3: So the third model is what he calls regression to the mean. And this is a statistical term, which basically means that if you think about all the people and all their chances of winning, on average people are going to do the average. Like if you think of like the normal curve that people on average are going to do average. So they might be an outlier in one year and do really well, but on average they're going to come back and do the average number of wins.
0: So most most cyclists, most professional cyclists are never going to stick out as being horrible or being amazing. Mm-hmm. Like a bell curve. Yeah. Okay.
2: Because okay. they've made it already to that level. So the bell curve adjusts first that.
0: Yeah. 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 So then, But then there's like a few outliers, a few guys that are just unbelievable. Well, and think- a few guys that just suck it and then basically go home after the first year.
3: Yeah. Well, I think he's saying that people aren't outliers in general. That they would be an outlier each year. And then, then they would return back to the mean. And the way that he's testing that is he's using this year zero, year one, year two in the model and seeing if the odds of them winning in year zero, year one, year two are statistically different.
0: And by zero, one, and two, you mean the, the, the year they, they won, won the, yep. year, the year they wear the jersey, and then the year after that? Yep. Okay.
3: And they found that... This was significant, so year zero was an outlier, and then we already heard year one and two are the same. So basically saying that this mathematically shows that it's just regression to the mean, that people do really well in one year, and then the years afterwards they go back to being having the average chance of winning. Let's put
2: it in layman's terms. Mike goes to Vegas for inner bike and gets a 23 year old model one night after that he goes back to new york same old dry spell
3: 23 yes. year old nerd model
2: exactly yes. is mike a lady killer
0: no he will regress right back so what you're saying is you have to go to vegas in order to win the rainbow jersey
3: so there's yes. there's a fourth model in the paper but it I'm not going to go into the details. It basically just proves, again, his point. But I think the best part of scientific papers is the limitations, where they talk about all the other explanations that might be, and he had some pretty good ones. So the first one is that he talks about in The Curse how... People, like, the next year, like, get hit by buses and they have, like, horrible, like, family problems and stuff. And he said that there's unfortunately no data on cyclists' personal problems, so he can't account for that in the model. So this doesn't really account for any of those personal problems.
0: do either of you guys ever think of the Curse of the Rainbow Jersey as oh, he gets hit by a car or he gets more flats than usual or something like that? Or do you exclusively think of it as wins? Because I never thought about it as in, like, in his personal life, his wife left him because of the, I don't know, I never thought about it that way.
1: I think of it as all-encompassing. Okay. Do you know what this is similar to? I always thought of it, like, the the Sports Illustrated cover curse. You know that one? Well, it's the NFL Madden football curse. That
0: too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah the Madden one I've heard of. What's Which the Sports really, Illustrated there one? Their,
2: examples
0: of the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue? You mean because their boobs fall off? No, oh. no, the, just
2: they the
1: cover of Billy the magazine.
0: Joel. So what happens after you? They get the cover. They start sucking.
1: No, all you, you get injured. You start to suck. You, you, your wife divorces you. You get in a car accident. Like I don't every, know. anything and everything.
0: Antonio Brown was in the cover and he's kicking ass.
2: For some reason for I thought long. you were t- talking about the Sports Illustrated just the swimsuit issue. That's how no. I said I, I did Bill too,
3: Klaus. I did too.
0: I don't think of Sports Illustrated as a I legitimate said- like magazine <laughs> other than <laughs> swimsuits. Did I, did I say swimsuit?
2: Here- I don't know, but that's what I was thinking. And then I was like, I don't know. Like, oh, but then I'm glad that the, uh, the female on with the group here agrees with me. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I that's you the said only that
3: episode, uh, that's the only edition I want to see.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm who else Yeah, I, the Madden thing is interesting, <laughs> I but mean, I never fast. thought of it as anything other than wins.
0: That, yeah, I didn't even think about it as, like, oh, my God, he's crashed more this season than ever before or something. I don't know.
3: All right. But, but one more limitation that I thought was funny. He also said it doesn't have the inclusion of doping. So he doesn't have any statistics around doping. And there's some theories that people might dope until they win the world championship and then stop and not do well afterwards.
2: I mean— the jersey is easier to spot and I think you might feel like you're noti- you're noticeable and calling more attention out to yourself. So I think
0: that's a... I mean, also, let's say you win the World Championships, your price as a rider goes up. The team... Then maybe you're worth more to other teams. Your team can't afford you, whatever. You go to another team and then the new team has a different, like, doping testing policy or something. I guess that would only be... In the last, like, maybe 10 years. But this I guy mean, started little, since, since it started in the 60s, so.
2: Not that it's the same thing, but I think, you know, people talk about after you win the Tour de France, that first offseason is just horrible. It's very, very hard. You have a lot of commitments. I mean, Bradley Wiggins was an extreme example. You know, he's being knighted. Uh, their sponsorships. It's harder. Yeah. To, every time
0: I get and, knighted, every time I get knighted, I'm like, oh, dude, can we just please not do this again? It's exactly. so taxing. See? So
2: I think it won't be as extreme to a world champion, but that you know that's another thing. And at the end, you know, it's something that happens sometimes to riders like Costa that weren't winning and don't generally win a ton.
0: Anyway, because so they're time, not like in the it? they're not like in the spotlight, so they don't know exactly what to do. How to handle it, attention.
2: but also even on a good year, it's not like he was winning tons of stuff. Anyway,
0: yeah, I don't know. Hmm. It's just it's it's an interesting I, I more interesting than anything else. And actually, the content of the paper, I just find it super interesting that some super uber nerd in Switzerland got funding from who knows where.
3: Uh, this was an unfunded paper. <laughs>
0: Got funding from his yes, wife,
3: right.
0: and, then, yeah. and then just went to town on this, like, ridiculously absurd this exercise. Is,
3: this is not that strange of a thing. I wanted to write a paper about networks <laughs> within the cycling community
0: and doping. Yeah, you did, actually.
2: Well, I thought you were going to write one about, like, television networks, like Fox, <laughs> TBS, because that would be a good paper. <laughs>
0: well, well that's anyway. That's the next one. Doctor, anything else that you would like to say about the paper? And I want to thank you so much for joining us today and nerding out with us.
3: Um. Hit the bell. (laughs) Uh, No. That's it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, ladies and gentlemen, there's Dr. Crusher, my lovely wife, who... Thank you, who uncovered a super nerdy paper about the curse of the rainbow jersey. I can say this, though. If I do see Peter Sagan this year at any of the races, when he goes by me, I'm going to punch him in the face. And that has nothing to do with the curse of the rainbow jersey, or does it?
2: Oh, I forgot that he was world champion.
0: I know. I know. So there you have it. what a bummer. You guys are so jealous because my wife is such a nerd and like a researcher. I object to the
2: use of the term.
0: Whatever. I I don't know what to call her. She's uh super smart. I don't know. Nerdy. She's nerdy. What are you gonna do? All right. So now back to regular cycling. Um. Do you guys want to talk about this uh, UCI? versus ASO thing that is going on? Do you want to talk about the holidays and Santa Claus, some elves? Do you want to talk about new kits? Uh, what do you guys want to talk about? Klaus, I know that you're, you're probably uh, well-dicted in the ASO versus UCI thing. Um, Mike? Uh, not that much. I haven't even <laughs> been watching Putt-Putt. I have not watched Putt-Putt a single time this week this year either. Mike, uh, which one do you pick? Uh, what were the choices again? <laughs> ASO versus UCI or 2016 kits?
2: Oh, like Tinkoff leaving?
1: Let's... Oh, yeah. Let's Even get Fosco this kit...
2: Alberto Contador, like,
1: <clears throat> Let, Let's get this kit... Let's get this ASO thing out of the way.
0: The ASO amazing. thing? Yes, I agree. So, Klaus, why don't you uh, explain to our listeners in case, in case they haven't been reading... Um, cycling news recently i don't mean cycling news the website i mean news about cycling in general recently kind of what what's what's going on between the, actually yeah just starting with the uci actually
2: no 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 i i seriously don't even know i all i can tell you it's basically it's a replay of whatever happened in like 2008 and it basically proves that the aso not the uci owns the sport well, and us- so the ASO wants to limit the amount of teams they invite, and so they're taking it out of the World Tour. And in so doing, you realize, and, and this has been said multiple times too, but it's similar to what Indy and CART and you know all that they went through, which is if you own the biggest race, you can take your ball and go
0: home. Go home. Well, uh, yeah. So basically, the ASO obviously owns the Tour de France, but they're they're threatening. With all the races, though, and that includes, actually, the Volta a España as well, and Paris-Nice, and then a whole bunch of other races. Um, Paris-Roubaix as well, right, actually?
2: Well, I don't know if it's the whole suite, but I know definitely look- the tour, they're taking
0: it out for 2017, out of the world tour. Out of the world tour. So, uh, and what you say about Indy and, and stuff, that, like, open-wheel racing in the United States... Where, for our European friends, actually, for our world friends, imagine that the, um, shoot, I don't know. I guess Formula One is the only other thing that I can think about that would even compare. If... um, Well, the
2: person that owns the most popular Formula Formula, One race. The
0: Monaco Grand Prix decides this is not going to be part of the F1 championship. So... um, so it's 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 obviously a, a, a pretty big deal, not only because of what it says about the tour itself next year, but much more because of what it says about who has the power in 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 cycling. And then the yeah. the, the cyclist association, the professional cyclist association, whatever it's called has chimed in as well, and and they're basically kind of trying to appease the whole thing. They're like, well, can we please chill out if we want to? We would really like to race the Tour de France.
2: But see, also, for anyone that always goes, no, dude, what cycling needs is profit sharing. Okay, go tell the ASO to give up money. They're not going to give up money. Any fix you can think of for cycling. There's not enough
1: money. There's no money. money.
2: Well, yeah, on top of that, so well, even ASO would say, you think it's a lot of money? It's not that much, number one. It's not, one, not that much two, money. Nobody
1: gets it. Yeah, you I nobody who watches the Tour de France live pays for it.
2: No, and 0. that's the 0. other 0. thing is that in most European countries, uh, Spain and France included, the large amount of people that watch during weekdays are watching it for the scenery. So the reality <laughs> is that you could have monkeys on bicycles Uh, at doing the Tour de France, and they would still get large viewership numbers. So the ASO is never going to give up money.
0: Dude, if there was monkeys riding bicycles, I would definitely TiVo every single stage. That, That would be hilarious. As much as I like cycling monkeys on bicycles throughout France, would be hilarious. There you go. So they could do that. Everything's funnier with a monkey in it hmm so it's this fight it has been going on before and when when we're talking about profit sharing and stuff a lot of people bring up tv rights why in american tv in american sports specifically one of the biggest sources of revenues for the nfl teams and for mlb teams are the tv deals now the nfl brokers deals for everybody else major league baseball they do it team by team but that's A huge chunk of their budget. Cycling teams don't have that. They don't have the ability to say, well, Team Sky is not going to show up to the 2017 Tour de France because we want a piece of the TV money. Like Klaus said, they were like, all right, that's cool. We're just going to put a bunch of monkeys in sky jerseys and put them on the road. And it doesn't really matter to us at all because most people aren't watching because of your dumbass. Most people are watching because it's Tour de France and we own that. So.
2: Yeah. And the thing is, like, the the teams have no leverage because what would they say? Team Sky is going to say, fine, then we won't go to the tour. Exactly. And the sponsor is saying, uh, you're wrong, you are going, like, at gunpoint.
0: That's what I mean. So they could they could tell Sky then, we're just going to put um, monkeys on Sky jerseys, and then Sky would be like, all right, the hell with the professional team, we're going to give some monkeys some money. And then they'll be there, and as many people will watch it. So it's difficult. I see the ASO's point to... Um, but i feel that the whole thing and i've said this before and we've all said it before there's a disease within the within the sport that has that was probably created before any of us were even fans in the 60s and 70s and there's very little we can do to fix it at this point unless we start from absolute zero. And of course that's never going to happen because absolute zero for cycling would mean let's get rid of the UCI and there's nothing we can do about the ASO. They're going to stick around. They are just, and even probably even RCS, there's nothing we can do about those promoters. The cycling governing body can do whatever they want to try to change things. But as long as somebody owns the Tour de France, there's nothing we can do about changing cycling. And that goes profit-sharing, that goes from for uh, sponsorship, for the number of teams, and just about every everything else. The ASO is going to get their way no matter what because the Tour de France is the only race that anybody, outside of cycling fans, nerds, gives a shit about.
1: Mike, I haven't heard from you in a while. I, I think, here's what I think. I think the ASO is bluffing. I think the ASO is just flexing its muscle and they want change to happen at the world tour level faster than it's happening. I don't think they see enough change. It's so incremental that they're just fed up with it. And I think they like, well, I don't know. I think they like the old way that, you know, there's a smaller group of races that are prestigious. And I think they're forcing the UCI's hand to be like, you need to figure out how you're going to, categorize these um tours because right now we're floating the entire boat like and you're just adding these nonsense races to this thing you're diluting the entire calendar so
2: and can you also not schedule a race
1: during perry nice please right exactly that kind of stuff exactly like it becomes ridiculous at some point so they're just flexing what muscle they have which is pretty substantial and the UCI does not have a lot of leverage in this at all.
0: They really don't. They really don't. Because let's say that you are movie star, right? And you have the choice between racing a UCI race and the Tour de France. Guess which one you're gonna pick? I mean, it's just, it's easy. There's nothing the UCI can put in at the same time as a Tour de France that is gonna attract riders to it. They're just or teams uh but mike what you're saying though is that the uci wants things in the in the pro tour to change faster what do you think it is that they're looking for what changes specifically do you think that they that they're asking for that the uci is not providing
2: well they have asked for smaller teams or less riders less riders
1: yeah yeah Yeah. fewer teams less riders uh an organ a calendar that makes sense (laughs) come on man we've all all asked asked for that for years global calendar which means there's racing like 11 or 10 or 11 months out of the year in the Hunan which sounds which looks good on a balance sheet but does not add up to good to to fan participation or any fan involvement it's too confusing
0: let's get rid of the tour of Azerbaijan and the tour of Han right. ching
1: They're following the money, which is, I mean, you know, God bless Brian Cookson. He's following the money. He needs money. Like this whole sport needs money. And he's like, but the I'm taking is- you guys to where there is money. And the sport and is saying, you're taking us to where there is no sport. Like And as we said before, if the World Cup is any, uh what is
2: it? any whatever. If we learn anything from the World Cup, that means that the Tour de France is going to be in Qatar Luke, within two years.
0: No, no, no. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's going to be in Russia first where the money is, and then it's going to go to Qatar where there's a boatload of money as well. However, it's uh, it's a little bit different because the UCI and, the, and FIFA, the way that they do things, but the, the UCI is bringing, okay, we're going to take you to Hunan, China, and the, the this tour and whatever, there's a lot of money here. Oh, really? In your Cannondale garment and you're like, all right. So we're here in China. Where's my money? And oh, yeah, that's right. By the way, it's money for us, not for you. It's it's. I mean, we've said this before a million times in the podcast. It, cycling is broken, and the fix is not easy. It's not. It's not. Uh. Well, let's just. Not have races in China anymore, or let's just limit the calendar to April through November. There's, it's it's not an easy fix, but uh, what you're saying, Mike, is that the ASO would like for these changes to happen a little bit quicker, and and, and for the changes, obviously, that that would benefit them. Now, yeah, how, yeah. how how would a more concentrated, more focused schedule uh, um, benefit the ASO? Well, for one, if the Tour de France, for the Tour de France to remain king, there has to be less competitors, uh, and I mean racing, uh, less racers, races. Uh, climbing the ladder, of course. But also, the ASO is looking for Perinese It's a perfect example. The Paranese would love for Terreno Adriatico to either go away or to move somewhere else because they're going on at the same time, so some riders choose to Mm -hmm. do the Terreno Adriatico. Meanwhile, Perinese would have loved to have had Quintana last year because that attracts more sponsors and blah, 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 blah. It's, it's difficult. It's, it's a difficult situation, and um, so now we have, for sure, the Tour de France in 2016, not part of the World Tour. Now, here's the thing. As cycling fans, do any of us three give a rat's ass if a race is World Tour or not? Does it really matter to you, Mike? I don't know. Klaus? Does it matter to you?
2: Not really. I mean, it would only if there's a certain rider that I would love to see in that race and he doesn't get invited even though he's in a world tour team. But honestly, as I've always said, I mean, if all the teams that are world tour got nixed and they went off to ride somewhere else and the Tour de France was like pro continental teams, the race would still kind of look the same on TV. It wouldn't be as exciting, and you would know the quote-unquote best are there, but it would still
0: kind of look the same. Some guys going real
2: hard uphill.
0: Maybe, but let's say that that were to happen. Let's say that it was pro-continental only. Guess what? Chris Froome would be like, yeah, sure, I'll sign for Bardiani. Yeah, Well, I mean, of course. (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean, that's that's what uh, would happen. Let's be honest. It's a nonsensical
2: thing. I'm talking about, you know, changes that you can make. You know, I was uh, was in a drum store last week. Because you're a nerd. There you go. And the guy was telling me about a clinic, which is a clinic for people that don't play music or whatever. is when a famous musician comes and basically, like plays or talks or does something cool and whatever he's being paid by a guitar manufacturer
0: and then and then he breaks a finger and goes to a clinic to get it yeah
2: and then you know in hopes of selling (laughs) crap or whatever yeah so the guy was like oh yeah it's hard you know we're having trouble setting this up because
0: wait don't they have don't they have cycling clinics to like cyclocross clinics
2: no 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 but this is like it would be like if someone showed up at a bike shop like, Chris Froome and did, like, he talked about his bike. Yeah, whatever.
0: but I thought that but I, they did that for cyclocross. Anyway, whatever. Go ahead.
2: No, that would be, like, practice, where you practice and you learn how to do it. This ah, is different. Whatever. Okay. Anyway, the guy was like, oh, yeah, we're having trouble setting this up because the manufacturers are no longer paying us to do this. Even though they're going to get to sell crap, they're not paying us, so we have to, like, fly the famous guitarist or drummer or whatever here. And I was like, oh, Really? So the guy starts telling me about the ins and outs and how much money the music industry makes. Music instrument. He tells me that the entire musical ind- uh, instrument industry, guitars, pianos, grand pianos, organs at churches. Wawa pedals. Wawa pedals, knockoff Eddie Van Halen guitars, accordions, uh, everything. Misfits
0: licensed guitar picks. Everything.
2: Everything. Is three percent of the dog food industry in
0: the United States.
2: <laughs> now,
0: of course, that that's, means a couple. <laughs> can industry. we use the dog food standard from now on? Because I really want to know exactly. what exactly. Yeah.
2: So that's exactly what I started to think about. And the guy goes, "Now, of course, that also means the dog food industry, unbeknownst to us, when you start thinking about it and extrapolating, that is freaking huge." Yes, but does point out. I I'm spent I spent
0: seventy five dollars on dog food two days ago.
2: $75. But the guy rightfully says, I'm not talking about chicken feed. I'm not talking about cat food, just dog food. So, of course, I right away started to think, whenever we wonder about cycling, like how does it compare to dog food? The bike industry, if you take even away Walmart selling like Magna bikes, I wonder what percentage of the dog food industry it is. It might be able to look into it through Bicycle Retailer and you know the information that they publish, but... Man, like the Tour de France and like all this stuff that we're talking about, it's probably single digit dog foods like numbers.
0: Well, TV viewership for the Tour de France, definitely not. Like the spot, no, no, you know but,
2: but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean you're yeah. talking about viewership numbers. I'm talking about the amount of revenue that they generate. It might still be single digits. And by the way, if any of this seems crazy and you really think cycling is that huge. To any of you out there, I would really say like look into other things in life so that you have some perspective because it's small it's very small which like we said, like there's probably times that bike races even at prime time lose in TV to like infomercials, as used to be the case not that long ago and has been with soccer in the United
0: States yeah i mean I've, I've, i I think I've said that before here in the in yeah. the, in the podcast. Uh, when Major League Soccer first started in the United States, and uh, it was, I don't know, a, many, many, many years ago, they, the, the opening game um, of the season was beat in ratings by uh, an infomercial.
2: <laughs> and that was probably with the hunky guy from Melrose Place. Andrew Shue.
0: No, I wasn't Andrew Shue. Andrew Shue oh. was not playing for the LA Galaxy by then. He had already. Well,
2: lost. I'm sure his first game with the LA Galaxy lost to like fishing.
0: I had an Andrew Shue poster with the LA Galaxy like kit.
2: Mike, do you remember Andrew Shue from Melrose Place, the hunky guy?
0: I remember his sister. Well, yeah, everybody remembers his sister. Wait, in the show or in real life? No, in real life. Look her up.
2: Oh, she's a famous
0: actress. Yes, she was. Oh, okay, actress, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So the shoe was in um,
0: Cocktail. Yes, sure. she was in Cocktail. She was the blonde in Cocktail. Um, cute, but not hot enough to make it in Hollywood, especially during I'll the say 90s. This. She was no Andrew Shue. She was no Andrew Shue, no, absolutely. She was not a professional soccer player. Uh, all right. So, oh, spirit of food, disclosure. I'm, I'm, I'm drinking Lyft by Matri uh, Brewing Company in Cincinnati, Ohio. It's a very, very, very nice, good wheat beer. It's super smooth, low alcohol content so that I'm not drunk while I'm talking to you guys. More importantly, so that I'm not drunk while I was talking to my wife earlier today because she gets really angry when I get drunk at home. She doesn't mind it so much when I'm out and I get shit faced. No problem. It's out. It's fun. Rock and roll. Friends. Whatever. When I'm at home and I'm drunk, not so nice.
2: Lift sounds like a beer like that's mixed with some kind of
0: upper. Oh yeah, like it would be like lift. Like a, a beer with caffeine. Yeah. Yeah. No, it isn't actually. These guys from Matry in Cincinnati know what they're doing. Know what they're doing. Their IPA. Is insane good. So for beer nerds out there, put it on your list. Um uh, Matri um is called uh psychopathy. Get it? Psych hop hop <laughs> psychopathy. Anyway, uh it's super smooth, really well balanced, not really spiky, not the kind of uh make you cringe IPAs, which I really don't like myself. So anyway, all right. So, we have a bunch of teams that have released their uh, their kits for 2016 already. And I don't know if you guys knew this. The UCI messed up and released... You know how, like, in the UCI website, you can, like, look up a team and it has, like, a little, like, small illustration of the jersey of what it looks like, like a little doodle? Yeah. Well, yeah. the UCI released a bunch of them before the team unveiled the, the, nice. <laughs> the jerseys. So... I already know what a few of them look like, even though they got taken down. But I have a secret uh, source that showed them to me. So, but let's go over the ones that we already know came out, alright? The first one, I think, was the first one that got released was the Ethics Quick Step one. Now, they got rid of that blue, the tealish blue situation. They replaced the whole thing with this royal blue... And black, and it looks really nice and simple, and it seems like everybody's kind of, like, reining it in again, going towards the simple designs. Uh, Klaus, what do you think about Ethics Quick Step?
2: I think it's all right. Uh, Not super exciting, but it's good. I miss that
1: light blue. Oh, you do? I miss the light blue, too. This is too plain for me. Yeah. It looks like a it looks like a bottle of pain reliever or something. It's very generic. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: it it looks very generic, it's very simple. And are
1: there pinstripes on it?
0: Yes. No, no Not not pinstripes. No, that there is in the front there is, if I remember correctly, there's black and blue little like Foot lines for? going down the bottom. I, what is that for? For awesomeness? I, don't, I have no idea. Of course. Um, one thing too that I notice is the um, Lidl or whatever. I don't know why you how you pronounce it in in English. That German uh, supermarket uh, chain, L I D L. Little. Um, they have a sponsorship right on the butt now of their shorts. So that's kind of funny. I like butt sponsorships, and when you're, when you're, like, brokering for your for your price for what you're sponsoring, you're like, um, what about the butt? What are we talking about for the butt? I mean, uh, what's the price there for the butt? You're going full butt remember, or you're going just in the middle of the butt? I'm going full remember butt. Remember,
2: there, there was a study that was published about what that
0: yeah, was worth. What the butt is worth. I just, I just like the idea of like marketing executives sitting down talking about the butt for sponsorship. I think in general, and I think as we go down these lists, you'll you'll realize that all of them are starting to look too generic. Yep. The back and shoulders, which is really what we're going to see, are a big chunk of black and a smaller chunk of blue. And that's all it is. I am cycling, dump the blue. And went all white, which I think looks really, really nice. They, they 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 kept the dark blue shorts, thankfully, they didn't go with white shorts, which is nice. I mean their 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 jerseys and their kits have always been elegant, very well thought out. The only thing I'm thinking now is like, hmm, white jersey, dark blue shorts. Is it a little too generic? And it's funny because three years ago, all I wanted to see was plain, generic, quote-unquote. Not really generic, but plain, elegant, solid colors. Now I'm getting this three, four years after the fact, and I'm thinking like, "Uh uh-oh, all these jerseys are going to look the same.
2: I think it's good. I think FTJ always looked good in white, like on TV.
0: Yeah, but now you're going to have FDJ and I Am Cycling side by side, and from a helicopter shot, they're both going to look exactly the same. Well, nope. They, they won't look exactly the same. But what I'm saying is that seems to be the tendency. We seem to be going towards big areas of solid color. Again, exactly what I, I wanted three or four years ago. I don't but. know.
2: What's FDJ like for 2016? Because, I mean, they were so blue and red, mostly blue, that, I, that kit to me was more blue than it was white. Um, yeah, it's got a lot
1: of blue on it. They do have the white shorts.
0: The UCI, um, when they like uh, released without meaning to, uh, some of the jerseys, they released the uh, FDJ jersey, but it looks exactly like last year's, which makes me think that that's not really the one that FDJ has. So I really don't know what it's going to look like. But kind of regardless, it's just hmm. – well, I think
2: I don't know. I think the white looks good. I think. Sorry, I don't mean to jump ahead, but I think <clears throat> the most substantial one I've seen in terms of difference would be Katusha. Oh God!
0: Yeah, let's. We'll, we'll get to Katusha. Actually, you know what? Let's just get to Katusha right now, then, since you since you bring it up. And I love Mike's reaction to Katusha. Oh God! Uh, I they have the red to dark red. And white
1: combo, right? Yeah. So, but what I don't understand is—is is that a K? Well, all I see is HC. <laughs> it's
0: the it's the Russian letter that Katusha stands with. I mean, starts with. Oh, yeah. So right. it's Cyrillic. It's a Cyrillic letter. The red to dark red to white combo—I've used it as a designer so many times, and it's one of my favorite combinations how can i hate on somebody else doing it i just can't so the back though the back and shoulder and back shoulders are all red and then the dark red comes in the shorts again very simple plain elegant awesome awesome five years ago now it looks like every other kit now it looks just like the lotto kit or whatever i mean i know it doesn't he has a huge chunk of white in it but you know what i mean it's just it's interesting that now i'm being bothered or am i by how similar all these all these kits are looking i don't know
2: so that's why you have tinkoff oh, Bob, oh, Bob. oh. no
0: but even tinkoff let's let's jump to tinkoff if you look at last year's or the year before, it's continuously gotten simpler and simpler. Yeah,
1: right now, right. it's just yellow. It's with gotten brighter and brighter. Brighter, definitely. Yeah. But It it's, now burns your retina. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Actually, Think of Industries has invented a new color in order to be able to I get the jersey done. Yeah. So, there's still the bib to jersey difference, which I've always liked, I I don't like the bib and the jersey to be the same, or the short and the jersey to be the same color. I like yeah. a differentiation there, because I'm old school, because I'm dumb, whatever. Tinkoff has that now. Has the, like, the, the, the short is a certain color, the jersey is a certain color. It's like color. gray shorts. And it's much, much, much simpler. It just basically says Tinkoff in that bright-ass, obnoxious yellow but I'll take it. I'll take it over to their training kit.
2: And for 2017, oh. it's going to say CSC.
0: <laughs> that would be awesome.
2: No, you know, there's that whole thing about the possibility that, awesome. that Bjorn Reese could buy the team back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, what if he bought it for less
1: than he sold it for? That would you, be, using I'll a off it. credit card. <laughs>
0: If he buys it for love, less, yeah. then that's very good business for Russian, <laughs> for Russian business, because that's how they do businesses—they just throw money away.
3: Yeah, uh,
2: but it's not every day that a Danish guy outwits a Russian businessman yeah. who made his millions selling jeans. That's amazing.
0: Yeah, uh, he made his millions based on what he already had from his family. So,
1: Bjarne is in. This is the long con. This is like a five-year con. <laughs> the long con. That's right.
0: What about? Their, their training kit though, terrific. It looked like those uh, the paint jobs that they give cars, like new cars, yeah, when they're yeah, like yeah. testing them and stuff, you know, whatever, so that nobody can tell the contour of like. The...
1: It's amazing. Isn't it called like dazzle, dazzle, razzle dazzle or something.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um. The kit was called Ladacha. What's that?
2: Which is. I don't understand. Yeah, uh, what is that thing that it says? Okay,
0: so it's 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 called a dacha, and um, dachas are what in Colombia we call fincas, like oh, like a country home, like a country home, uh, like a weekend, like a weekend home. And so, Tinkoff thought, oh, I have a lot of weekend homes around here in Spain. Let's name it that. What? Yeah. Yeah, that's what he calls his like weekend homes in France and in Spain or whatever. How many but
1: why I see a La Dacha? Are you
0: sure that's what it is? 100%. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Yes. I am one hundred percent sure that that's if, what it if is. If that's
2: what it means, why did he think, Oh, I know what I'll do. I'll name the team that when they're training. After my house or a house,
0: because the idea is you're not working. It's like a weekend. It's like fun times away so from your job. It's like a weekend home. Like so,
2: basically the team is named House in the Hamptons.
0: Yes, that's exactly <laughs> yes. it. Yes, that is exactly it.
1: So, how many teams have training kits?
0: Oh my god! Did you All read of them? I don't know if you guys read the think of. A press release when the when the things were launched, they were like, Think of Team breaks another f- barrier and is the first team ever to have two different kits in cycling and blah blah blah." And we okay. have one for the so, blah, blah, blah blah blah, and it's like this big ordeal about how awesome they are because they had two kits and all this shit. It's Oh Jesus! I'm well, looking
1: at the a different order. I'm looking at a picture this is a this is funny i'm looking at the picture on eurosport i'm looking at the first of all the new eurosport logo which is driving me crazy oh i haven't seen oh, it i didn't know oh uh, and then there's a picture of all the riders in the kit but it looks to me like they're wearing matching oakley frog skin glasses yeah like clear ones kinda. i need those <laughs> now i need a, i need all of this oh get out <laughs> this is so bad
0: Mike's
2: fridge is now fighting for Team House in the (laughs) Hamptons.
0: Mike's fridge is beckoning. Yeah.
2: This? No, well, so Garmin had like training helmets from POC that were like bright or something, but yeah, that they didn't use in races. And I know that Sky at some point had like blue jerseys.
1: Right, I remember that. Actually, I have one of those too. Of course of you course. do. You keep it in your house in the hamptons. I do. No, in the fridge. Keep it in yeah, the freezer. Right.
2: So there's freezer, no, I'm like, sorry. Full on kit. No, no one does that. Oleg oh, like, Tinkoff cuz you don't Cause really need it. Yeah. Because he
0: thinks he, in in the press release it talks about like well, soccer teams have a home jersey, a way jersey, and a third kit, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just, Oh, God, you're talking about three complete – uh, whatever. I don't so know. So here's the other thing, really
1: too, getting back to that Katusha kit. The bike – the bikes match the kit nicely. Yeah, it's
0: all red. It's a whole – Two-tone like, red. Yeah, But
1: is there a <laughs> – is there a Tinkoff training bike with this retarded photo <laughs> <thing> on it? <laughs> oh no, God! I,
0: I hope so. That would be awesome. There, that, I, would that I would put that in my freezer. This happened. I would put that in my freezer. Let me see the other kits they have released. Lotto Sudal looks exactly the same. Sky as simple as ever. Last year with Rafa, good for them. Uh, the back is exactly the same. It's just. Black with a blue line going down the back. Uh, Trek. Same. Trek is the same thing as last year, except they added Fredo from The Godfather.
1: Sega Fredo.
0: Well, I didn't see that one. It's Dude, it's exactly the same. They just Under Trek, it's just Sega Fredo. That's it.
2: But Sky, Um, that's kind of a win for Rafa, because that's kind of not their signature lines. Lots of people have used that, but... I think that feels like Rafa making a larger statement in
0: the Sky Kit.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah, and it also
1: says Rafa on the leg in huge letters, which is a pretty big deal.
0: Yeah, true. Oh,
1: wow. Yeah. You probably yeah, had yeah. to pay
0: up. And pretty it's not pay. even the Rafa logo, right? It's actually <laughs> says Rafa in just the, like, type logo. Sands, is, yeah, the yeah type it's the same yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool. Dude, did you guys realize that Tour de St. Louis is, starts, like, January 18th? <laughs>
1: and the Tour Down Under.
0: And, and also, do you know that Airgas, whatever, Chris Horner's team, is called Illuminati now?
1: <laughs> no way. Yes. What? It's called Illuminati. Illuminations. I'm... Wait, what?
0: Illuminati, man. Look it's it not... up. Is Chris Horner racing again? They say no. that he's going to be definitely involved in the team either as a rider or as uh, a driver. Dri- <laughs> or as a uh, guy seriously? that carries the bags. Seriously. That's what it, that's, I, I read that earlier today in okay. Illuminati's website.
1: So the lo the, the kit is just a pyramid with an eyeball. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> it's and, actually uh, made
0: out of dollar uh, bills.
2: Drake is the primary G-Z. sponsor. Jay Z is yeah. the
0: owner. Now if yeah. what if what the UCI showed in in their blunder of jerseys is true. AG 2 rs jersey looks exactly the same except yeah. one of the one of the sleeves is sky blue. they're
1: like they're like five years too late to this asymmetrical yeah <laughs> exactly so leave it to uh what about then, dimension data, data
0: uh well dimension data apparently is all white yep. right I, i'm trying to remember now what it looked like black uh sleeves all with white the, with the e with the cervello e on it black sleeves and then just like a black line across the yep. chest
1: right yeah yeah, yeah. um it's really it's really plain I w- i'd like to see the bikes uh
0: yeah, I wonder because I mean, Cervello has done pretty nice job um in the past. Uh, let me see. Actually, I'm looking up now because of course the UCI also whoopsie released all the continental pro continental yeah. team ones. Androni Giacattoli apparently is going all red, red and white. Yeah, red and white. And then um team one or whatever that new British team is like. It looks like a jersey from five years ago, black with teal and white like shoulders. Jersey from
1: fifteen years ago. Um, yeah, you should post these images so people can follow along. So we're not just ah, uh,
0: dude, don't make me do that, man. <laughs> Come on, bro. All
1: right, I'll do it. I'm going to
0: my uh, I'm going to my in laws tomorrow. I don't have time to do this shit,
2: Mike. But, you don't have time to do it. You're in the middle of a crazy
0: busy time. You're true,
1: but I'll do it. It'll take two seconds. Uh, so can you guys rank before we go to the Conti ones? Can you rank? Your top three? I can of tell what you.
0: I can tell you which one I really like, and okay. where it would probably be um, I mean, from the ones, from the new ones that I've seen, I really like the Katusha one. Yes, I just it's it's. Um, I hated it at first. I was like, "What the hell are these people doing?" And then I was like, "Wait a second, isn't that actually shit? This is pretty nice." Pretty nice. So I think that that one's really good. I think Team Sky is another winner. Um, mm-hmm. It looks much fashionier and less. Pro team than it has in the last couple of years, which for me is great. Uh, I would almost say that I could wear either of those riding around if, in fact, I rode my bike at all, because I really don't anymore. I'm lazy shit. Um, and if the Cannondale one is what what the UCI leaked, it, which is just all uh, green all the way across with uh, with the Argyle. Um, I think that that's really nice. I'm not really a big fan of green in general as a color, but I think that that one looks really nice. I think that I would that I would like for that to be my top three. I guess. I miss liquid gas. <laughs> Who doesn't?
1: <laughs> like ridiculous gradients and curves. I like the Movistar star one. Keeps getting better and better. I think. Have the one that
0: they leaked. It's just basically the same thing. Yeah, just dark same. blue with like white uh on the corners, right? On the yeah. corners of the sleeves, at the end of the sleeves. Yep.
1: Yeah. It's like the logo. I feel like the logo just keeps getting bigger. Yeah. yeah. And then fewer and fewer elements are on it. I like it. I don't know. I just think it's I think it's That strong.
0: logo is so two thousand five. I mean the Movistar logo as the company yeah. I mean. I don't mean on the like kid. It's like yeah, it's like a blobby. Like hey, cool, looks like three D man. I, that's so like two thousand five, and it's just a matter you of know time what before more change. It teams
2: back. need to have again is the fake peck like muscle. like how C-O-C. Columbia HTC or yeah. whatever, and then Saxo Bank yeah. CSC had it. Um, I think that was really cool. You got to give Liquid it a gas little
0: year. Guys, we're running out of time, but. Yeah. Um, I think that we'll have to wait to see how many of these pro-continental leaked ones are actually the real deal. I still think that uh, if if Novo Nordisk is doing the same thing that they did last year, and it is what I'm looking at right now, it's really super nice, and I'm very happy about that. Other than that, I mean, everybody seems pretty straightforward, very pro-continental with like 17 or 15 to 17 logos in the front and a few more in the back, so... Um. What else? Oh. Uh, last thing I, I can say, unless obviously whatever you guys need to say as well. Uh, Nairo Quintana announced that he's going to nationals in February, because national the, the 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 national the Colombian national championships are being held in Tunja, where he was born. So it'd be awesome. Where he, becomes, he lives now.
2: Yeah, After he has some. Problem.
0: Oh yeah, it would be amazing if he wins the the, <clears> the <throat> Colombian. Uh, Championship in his own um, in his own hometown, and that is that's February. It's February seventh. It's February seventh.
1: Yes, I have something to add. Go ahead, Mike. Listen to the Joe Rogan podcast with Lance Armstrong from like
2: I'm not gonna do that. I refuse. (laughs) I refuse. I refuse. I'm busy. Rogan is a funny guy. If you like him as a comedian. But he is the epitome of American bro
1: culture. Exactly. I was just I, gonna say it's brover. It's the bro show. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And I can't. I know stuff that he said about Lance before, and I, I, I'm too involved in this crap. I guess mentally to like put up with a guy that knows nothing. I know that sounds very elitist of me, but it must just be like a bro down. Am I kind of right? Totally. Oh, then why are you give, telling people to go do that? Like, telling them to go get herpes. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: Some people are
0: into that. Oh, and Edwin, oh. Edwin Avila, who used to race for Team Colombia, that is no more, uh, signed with Illuminati, by the way. He's going to oh, be racing amazing. with Illuminati. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't listen to that podcast. Actually, don't listen to any Here's other podcast other than this Here's one.
1: Here's why I said to listen to it. Please. Because it's a podcast people can swear on it and i it's like the first time you actually hear lance just talking like you always knew he did and if you don't (laughs) care to hear that then you know you you can imagine it but it was just like you know you always hear it through a filter you always hear it through a press release you always hear it through that's true an interview where it has to be cordial and he is not that way at all and it's like okay and you're like this guy is exactly how i thought he was
0: a bro oh first
1: thing. he's a bro (laughs)
0: Oh, guys, we started with nerd. We ended with bro. Nice. Absolutely. I hope everybody enjoyed uh, this episode, the last episode of the year 2015. We will be back early next year. Apologize for taking this long to get this guy going. And in 2016, guess what? Guys, guess what? Profit sharing. Profit sharing. No. Well, actually, maybe. Maybe this will lead to profit sharing. I made a decision based on an email that Mike sent a while ago and then some other research that I've done here and there. And apparently... You're sending
2: a bunch of money to a guy in Nigeria who's going to inherit $8
0: million? No, 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 no. He He's my cousin. I just didn't know that he existed. And he's a prince. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's a prince in Nigeria. And he offered me this great deal. Right, to invest all this money on a mine that he knows knows is gonna turn a profit.
1: Is it Paul Shorwin?
0: <laughs> yes Is it Paul Schaefer? Paul Schaefer. Is it Paul, <laughs> is it Paul Bostaff? No, listen. Yeah. Um I think I starting next podcast episode, we we're, we're gonna start putting the episode on YouTube. And oh, right. What I think may happen, I'm I'm gonna do a little bit more research on this. I may actually start videotaping myself in the Palacious studio here at a, uh uh in, in my home and actually putting that on YouTube and then as we as suggested by Mike, as we talk about, for example, the new Katusha jersey, mm-hmm. you will be it's, able to see the new Katusha jersey. You know what this YouTube. sounds like now what? Sounds like the Joe, Joe Rogan rog- Joe Rogan show. There you go. It'll or be like Joe Rogan. it can, can Rogan just show. be a
2: picture. I mean, that's how I listen to the WTF Mark Marin podcast. Like I don't look. It's just yeah. It's
1: just a picture of him and the guest, and nothing yeah. happens. As YouTube, I think everybody gets everything from YouTube
0: these days. I, yes, apparently, I got the new Star Wars movie from YouTube today. I remember. <laughs> I did it.
2: Before I became a grad school dropout. We were looking at uh, data for the number one search engines in different countries. And in a lot of countries in the world, YouTube was the number two search engine. So wow. to people have devoted their entire professional life to trying to make Bing happen. <laughs> <laughs> like a video posting <laughs> site beats them.
0: Oh, well. yeah. I That's wonder it. about Queen Elizabeth. I'm going to look her up on YouTube. Yeah, Sure. Um yeah. yeah, no, I mean obviously obviously the podcast will still exist uh, as a podcast. Um but then maybe trying to have it on both what do you call that? If you're thing? trying to, if you're trying both to reach platforms.
1: teams, you should put it on Tumblr. Yeah. Yeah, you know And I... if you're trying to reach
2: uh thirty nine year olds, put it on Ask Jeeves. <laughs>
1: Ask Jeeves. <laughs> what? That's not... You can't put things on Ask Jeeves.
3: <laughs> no? They don't have is that how it works?
0: Ask Jeeves is the number three uh, <laughs> search engine. Yeah. <laughs> Ask Jeeves.
2: Uh, what is the new Moby Star kit? That's where I was looking it up while you guys were talking. Jeeves, help me find this. Because <laughs> Alta Vista was no help. <laughs>
0: jeeves at alta vista okay anything else you guys want to say because otherwise i want to cut it right here we've gone way over
1: when is the next episode
0: the next episode will be in the new year um hopefully earlier i think it'll probably be depend on you guys since you guys since you guys are the ones that are actually what's gonna happen
1: between now and then that we can even talk about uh new year's
0: parties how many hotties you made out with come on dude the the the, the christmas holiday with the white elephant with gift exchanges come on man plenty to talk about oh man i got a bird feeder it's going to be awesome no. <laughs> i like it <laughs> listen mike what
2: happened between the last time we did one and now absolutely nothing exactly
0: oh, well. well no something's happened but listen start taking notes Yeah. And let's also remember, for the three of us, people don't tune in only for cycling. They tune in because they care about us. Just like the they tune in for the landscapes. They tune in for the landscape. Exactly. To everybody out there listening, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year. We will see you guys in 2016. And I can tell you that my uh, New Year's resolution is... Tada, 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 to get heavily, heavily, heavily tattooed. Did you
1: join a Japanese organized crime syndicate? I, <laughs> not just now, dude. I, I joined or a it suburban
2: like... goth band.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do live in the suburbs, man. I do live in the suburbs. I'm going to get some Iron Maiden ink. I'm thinking about getting Eddie from uh, Life After Death. So there you go. Now you know. Uh we're out of here, peace. If
2: you're out there all alone and you don't know where to go to, come and take a trip with me to
3: future And
2: to others through your life And you don't know what the sense is Come and look how it could be a future